Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1, where we challenge the assumptions of our current society to resist oppression and investigate alternative ways of living for a world based on justice, solidarity, and sustainability. Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ at 102.1 FM, your local community radio station. My name is Andy and I'm here with Ian. Hello Andy, hello everyone. And we will be with you for the next hour today on the Paradigm Shift. We are going to be talking about films, specifically about three films that have recently been made documenting uh, environmental activism in Australia one is the film Wild Things, A Year on the Front Lines of Environmental Activism, which goes from uh, school strikers in Castlemaine in Victoria to uh, the Tarquine in Tasmania, blockade camps, and Camp Binby, the um, blockade against Adani in central Queensland. We speak with Sally Ingleton, director of that film. Uh, And then we'll speak with Jane Hammond, who has made a film called Cry of the Forests about Western Australia's uh, beautiful Cary and Jarrah forests in the southwest of the country and the campaign to protect them from logging as well. And then finally, we will speak to Ramji, who um, was one of two uh, amateur but very talented filmmakers who made a film, Forest Defenders, about Tasmania, the Tarquine, and direct action to protect that forest from logging. Yeah, I did the interview with Sally Ingleton about um, wild things, and later on in the show we're going to give out some free tickets uh, because it's one of the reasons why we're doing the show this week is next Friday... They're going to actually launch that film down in the New Farm Cinemas. And um, Andy's going to be on the Q&A. <laughs> That's true. Um, I, yep, I do appear in the film Wild Things as somebody who up, was up on the front lines protecting our environment. And so I will be there having a chat. The tickets we have to give away won't be to the Q&A screening, which I think you can still buy tickets for. Um that's at New Farm Cinemas next Friday. It'll just be the normal cinema run um, to go along at any one of the screenings at New Farm of Wild Things. It is a good film, uh, worth watching, and who doesn't love free stuff? So if you are a 4ZZZ subscriber, stay tuned and find out how you can win some free tickets to that a little bit later in the show. Yep, four years in production, professionally made covering a lot of territory, almost a uh, history of the environmental movement in Australia. So that's good. Yeah. We might start off 
we've got a lot to get through so we might play a a little grab from the trailer of that film and then we'll hear from Sally Ingleton. In the end, you've got two choices. You lie at the bottom of the hole or you get up and you fight. I'm here because I really believe that this mine should not go ahead. We want to try to make sure that not another tree falls in this forest. The people that have been voted into power aren't taking responsibility. If they were taking responsibility, then we wouldn't have to. What has happened is that there's a great movement of people who now realise that by their own strength, they can do something about the environment in which they live. I wasn't up to it early on, but when I realised that I wasn't speaking for myself, I was speaking for the river, it became easier. I've lost contact with everybody. It's just horrific not being able to do anything to stop it. I think it's really easy to feel like you're alone. There's like nothing you can do. This huge semi-truck came onto us. This is just the fight that we have to win if we're to have a future for our families. You know, I'm nearly 80, for God's sake, you know, with grandchildren. This morning, been awoken by cops and loggers at the gate. They're going to have to come get us. We think that this place is worth taking a stand for. I'm not ever going to give up in this fight. I'm in this for the long haul. bit of a preview there of the film Wild Things and Ian did speak with Sally Ingleton, director of that film. Could you please introduce yourself? My name's Sally Ingleton and I'm a producer and director of documentary. Are you a filmmaker, an activist (laughs) or both? Uh, Look, I see myself as being a a filmmaker. Um, I've I've never really attended demonstrations and a lot of the films that I've made have been about the environment and they've either been like natural history stories or people and wildlife stories or you know nature science stories political leaders aren't doing much about about the threat of climate change i thought well it would be interesting to explore the people who are deciding to actually take frontline action because they're fed up with um, political leaders and so that was sort of the genesis of the film really you know originally I wanted to make a film that looked at the environment movement and and particularly the history of the environment movement in Australia and as I started researching it I got more and more involved in the frontline action that was taking place the, the title of the film uh, wild things a year on <laughs> the front line of <laughs> environmental activism that suggests a logistical nightmare to me. Mm-hmm. D- is that true? Is that how it turned out? It definitely was challenging because some days I would have five crews filming all over the place <laughs> trying to gather information. And I also relied heavily on activists themselves um, who pretty well everyone's got a phone and they're 
recording their stories, their filming actions, and activists were very, very generous, you know, in terms of sharing their footage. And so a lot of that immediate action-based footage is, is very much a part of the texture of the film. I'm interested in the dynamic that arises when activists take direct action. You know, they're often quite on edge because it, some of the actions that they take are quite scary. Now, mm-hmm. firstly, did you film any sequences showing the relations between the activists and the workers involved in the mining or the logging? There's a scene where a huge semi-trailer truck literally barrels into a bunch of protesters that are blocking a gate and nearly runs all these protesters over. And the protesters were terrified, but they stood their ground and they refused to, to budge and be intimidated by, you know, a, a very angry truck driver who, you know, was screaming abuse and... Um, you know, calling people doll bludgers and so on. And then they were, they're not doll bludgers. They're, they're people with ordinary jobs that have taken time out of their jobs to go to the front line. And you really see that in the film. You see that there are people from all different backgrounds that are, that are wanting to make a difference in some way. The environmental movement has often had um, a very mixed relationship with workers and their organisations and unions and sometimes unions have been um, really in the forefront of some of the environmental struggles. In this film did you seek any input from workers organisations? The the point of the film was to really show what it's like to go to the front line and why people are choosing to become frontline activists and in a way you know the film I think it's very inspiring because you do meet all kinds of people and you hear their stories and you see that people are prepared to put their bodies on the line in order to stop um, an ancient rainforest from being felled or in order to stop new coal mines from being built. And workers, in many cases, the people who are going to the front line, I mean, they're electricians, they're plumbers, they're teachers, they're, they're, they're people from all kinds of walks of life. Um, in the case of the Adani coal mine, you know, there were a number of times where groups of workers would go up to that site. So there would be healthcare workers who would go en masse and do a series of protests on behalf of healthcare workers and unions involved in healthcare. Um, so certainly, you know, workers are involved. And I think if you look at um, the school strike movement, which which happened, you know, which was very big in 2019 when people were allowed to go and protest in the streets, a lot of the people protesting were unions. Um, And unions, all different kinds of unions, wanted to join that strike because they believed in climate action. And, you know, workers and unions have always been very much at the forefront of caring for the environment. You mentioned that uh, a lot of your filming was done in 2019, pre-COVID. And as you'll recall, uh, the former Greens leader in Australia, Bob Brown, ran a very strong anti-Adani campaign during the 2019 federal election. This brought him up to Queensland in an anti-Adani convoy and he drew large crowds of people in northern New South Wales and Brisbane. Did your film shed any light on 
this tactic that he was employing, he went right into the heartland of the coal industry in Queensland. What did you think of that as a tactic, given the outcome of the federal election? I think, you know, Bob and his convoy went all the way up to Mackay and they did travel down to Claremont, which is in central Queensland. So that's the town that's probably one of the closest towns to um, the, the site of the, of the Carmichael mine or the Adani mine. And obviously, but with, you know, with, uh, I guess, a, a rally of people turning up into, a, into coal country, um, you know, it certainly got a lot of, the, got the backs up of a lot of the, the locals. And Bob took his uh, convoy to that location because he was invited to go there by the traditional owners of that country, the Wangan and Jugalingu people. So that was why he went. Um, you know, the traditional owners wanted him to come and they wanted to hold a large rally um, as an opportunity to talk about, you know, how their their traditional land would be desecrated by the building of, that, of this coal mine. There are three films that have come out uh, in, in a small space of time touching on the same topic. There's the forest defenders fight for the Tasmanian Tarkine Forest there's the cry of the forest about the Western Australian struggle uh, to stop the logging of native forests. You are launching the film in, uh, in Melbourne on the 4th of February and one of the uh, speakers is uh, Dr Lisa Searle. She's from the Bob Brown Foundation and she's uh, very much uh, a key person in the film Forest Defenders. Um, the fight for the Tarkine. So, how did was there a, a sharing of information across the the three different filmmakers, or how did that come about? Wild Things is a very different film to Forest Defenders. Wild Things has been in production for over three years. The film was finished in uh, in late late August, so the film was you know well and truly advanced, you know, before the Forest Defenders film came about. Lisa, so um, I've been filming Lisa for well over a year. Wild Things tells the story of three frontline action campaigns. So that's the campaign to save the Tarkine Rainforest in Tasmania, the Sopadani campaign in Queensland and the school strike movement, um, which largely uh, grew out of a group of teenagers in Melbourne and then, and then you know, went national and then global. So my film also looks at the history of frontline action in Australia. So we we tell a story about the Green Bands in Sydney, we tell a story about the Terrania, the people who fought to save the Terrania Creek rainforest, we tell a story about the Franklin River, and we also tell a story about the Jabaluka blockade, which stopped the building of a uranium mine in the Northern Territory. So it's just a, it's a much, it's a broader, you know, a, a bigger a bigger film, and it's a, it's a professional you talked about the film uh, starting in Melbourne. So the um, Wild Things is going to be released nationally and the first screening will be in Brisbane at the New Farm Cinema on January the 29th and we'll be doing a Q&A after the screening. So really those tickets are on sale now. So really encourage 
um, people in Brisbane to go along to that screening and um, it'd be lovely to, you know, hear your questions and, and, you know, answer some of your concerns or thoughts about the film. And then, and then it will continue at the New Farm Cinema basically for as long as people, you know, want to buy tickets and go and see it. So the film is being released right around Australia, um, you know, from the end of January. And yeah, we really hope that, you know, many, many people want to come, come and see the film and, and get a, I suppose, be inspired about what it's like to actually get involved in frontline environmental action. That is Sally Ingleton there, director of the film Wild Things, a year on the front line of environmental activism. It is launching in Brisbane next Friday at New Farm Cinemas. Uh, you can buy tickets for that. But after that, if you are a 4ZZZ subscriber and you are helping to keep this lovely station on air, you can win some double passes uh, to go and watch Wild Things at New Farm Cinema at the general screenings rather than at the Q&A. But you can go to any general screening to watch that. Um, all you have to do is ring up during this next song I'm about to play or during the show and Mason is down in reception waiting to uh, divvy out those tickets and he's waiting with anticipation by the phone. So if you'd like to see Wild Things... Uh, call up three two five two one triple five, and Mason will hook you up with some tickets. Also, um, if people are interested in more detail about that film, I did I did an extended interview which you can look at on the Paradigm Shifts WordPress website or on Paradigm Shifts SoundCloud accounts. All right, so call up if you're keen to see it or have a listen to that, and let's have a listen to Combat Wombat. Just to get you jumping up high I've been all throughout this mix Bump, Ben, Jenny with almost steady ready Focus while we puncture the ceiling Concealing feelings that totally to be heard Word of my friends up going insane Dust in their nose and shit in their veins It feels like a government conspiracy To turn them all into walking zombies Telling smack at the back of the cop shop That is where it's at to suppress the class War attack We made a pact to stack each track With a sack of pure dope Concentrate the lab racks of bombs We make penetrate the map and bring you out with location on site and then demand You take a stand, now MC is the expand Part of the plan, the corporate scam Of world domination and globalization Mass 
destruction from overconsumption Our lives in the hands of greed and corruption Illumination, a revelation to revolution No substitution for the ones to produce the band Ill conversation, rotation for evolution gain No substitution for the ones who get loose and proclaim Exploitation of workers in humane practice Shell drilling hell along with military tactics Active Baptist, whack is Nestle Lying to mothers telling them not to breastfeed Greed continues to sell us what we do not need Feed from Maccas and KFC, nutrition free Coke and the CEO's agency of C's Fucking the earth, the water, the air we breathe Now take heed and be concerned or greed will leave us all burned The needle on the meter about to fall without returning to a state of naivety Suggest what we need to be doing Assembling crew and all forces renewing ruins with true and regenerating Creative motive devoted wholeheartedly Every other we artistry while we upturn Corruption, we be best to unlearn We be best, we be best to unlearn DJ Rocky Rock, let the record turn What a group of kids we sent out into the world This is the move 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 Miraculous activist activity Imagine this activist activity decree Universal law, freedom for the people from all extremities Building our energies endlessly Kicking the message to the street Demanding to be heard and not heard it like sheep Or murdered by cheats and liars of the empire That's why we burn a fire inspired That will require all to listen up Speak out, hear the call, unified as we watch Babylon fall, unified as we rise Up to hear the call, unified when we chant Babylon fall, unified as we all rise up Western Australia's southwest forests grow nowhere else on the planet, yet they are being cut down at a rate of 10 football fields every single day. actually destroying the life giver to the country. We've realised there's so many threats to the forest, it's not just one thing anymore, and it, it's sort of under assault. Forests are a major ally in our efforts to avert catastrophic climate change. It's very hard to see any case for continued native forest logging. The Forest Products Commission was given our forest for nothing, and yet they cannot cut down a tree and sell it for more than what it costs to cut it down.
we're talking costs of anywhere up to $10,000. That is the trailer there for Cry of the Forests, a Western Australian story. It's a brand new documentary um, that's come out about um, West Australian forests, the industry that's cutting them down and the people who are trying to protect them. And I spoke with Jane Hammond, who is the director of that film. We might go to that interview with Jane. Could you start by introducing yourself? Yep, my name is Jane Hammond. I'm a, a filmmaker and my most recent film is Cry of the Forest. So Cry of the Forest is about uh, West Australia's native forest and the logging industry and the fight to protect them. Can you tell us a bit about um, the film? Yeah, in Western Australia we have a very small area of forest compared to the rest of the state. So just the southwest corner. And since uh, European settlement, we've lost the vast areas of that forest. And so what remains is incredibly valuable in storing and drawing down carbon. Uh, forests, particularly Australian forests and really dense hardwood forests like the Jarrah Forest in Western Australia are really great carbon sinks. But instead of using them for that uh, valuable climate emergency sort of um, uh, you know, a pushback, we're cutting them down and burning them, mostly for uh, wood chips, uh, charcoal, which is uh, used in the manufacture of silicon, and for firewood. So only about 15% of our forests are used, 15% uh, of the wood logged is used for uh, products like t um, you know, timber and um, carpentry and, and fine furniture, just a tiny 15%. And so really, uh, you know, when you look at, look at the ledger, it actually makes no sense to be continuing this native forest logging industry. We should really be moving over to plantations. Mm. And so you are a filmmaker. Um, you've done other journalism as well. What drew you to making a film about this issue? I specialise in social impact documentaries. Uh, and this is, a, uh, this is a story that I've sort of been interested in for quite a long time. I started in, in the environment movement at 14 when I saw on the TV um, that we were wood chipping our carry forests. That was, you know, a long time ago. And that sort of inspired me to get involved in a lot of environmental issues and made me really a lifetime activist. But I still didn't know that uh, the extent of the logging that was going on in you know 2020 in our native forests and really became quite shocked uh so the west australian forest alliance approached me to do a small film on uh, using celebrities about the value of our forests for carbon storage and that sort of grew and grew and by may last year i could see that well really earlier than that even january i could see that i had 
a much bigger story. Uh, so I started working on a 15 minutes, first of all, and then a half an hour, and that grew to a nearly hour-long uh, documentary feature on what's happening in our forests and their real value. So you have made other environmental films before. Um, what do you think is the, the value of making these documentaries about environmental issues? Yeah, social impact um, documentaries are a whole genre um, in themselves and so they uh, really enable you to really get the most out of an issue. So lay it down in a really empathetic, uh, very detailed and, and, and accurate uh, but human sort of um, stories uh, about, about the environment with strong characters. And then uh, when uh, people engage with that, and you encourage them to take action following up from that film. So the idea is to build awareness and engagement and then, you know, inspire people to act, to be that as simple as liking something on Facebook, writing to the uh, Premier, to, to going and visiting the Premier or, or attending a rally um, and be, or becoming full-blown activists themselves. So it's, it's really a way to uh, film, you know, film has that magic to engage and inspire by getting people at the moment in, in cinemas. In, so you're in a collective dark room with a lot of other people um, and you're experiencing with your full concentration uh, the, the widescreen and, 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 and the story. And then the, the lights, the credits roll and lights go up and, and we start a Q&A, we start talking to people about how they're feeling, what they would like to do and start answering questions and, and give them um, a pathway to, to you know, carry on sort of activities and, and actions uh, and bring them into the campaign. The last thing um, that I want to do or, and most people in the environment movement is, is to depress people. We want to give them hope that by taking control, by taking direct action, we can change this, um, you know, dire... Uh, direction that we're headed in uh, but if we all take responsibility we'll be able to uh, do something really positive and you know essentially save life on earth it's got, it's got to that bad mm. it's always seemed to me that uh making especially independent films in australia is must be extremely difficult to uh to break even considering how much it costs to do a film and then the difficulty of distributing it. Is it something that for you as a filmmaker that you've found hard, just being able to put your ideas onto film and get them out there? Absolutely. There, there's so many costs. I mean, mostly I, I, I've done a lot of pro bono work um, and the cost actually of, of upgrading all your equipment all the time and, and the subscriptions to the various... Uh, um, you know, uh, programs that you need for editing. Um, uh, yeah, it really it really adds up. I've I've been uh, somebody donated me a camera, so that was a really great start, a really good camera. And then I had to borrow a computer to actually finish this film because mine, although it was only a year old, just wasn't capable of dealing with the three terabytes of, of data. Um, and uh, this is what I do full time, so I don't actually, you know, this this is um, this is my living. And often I'll, uh, I'll get through a year, maybe I've made 15 grand, um, maybe I'll be in the red. But um, it, it sort of goes a bit beyond that. But this particular film, we had the support of uh, the Documentary Australia Foundation who provided a website and a tax-deductible donation 
uh, sort of platform. And so we were able to raise through that $59,000. So that has been fantastic in, um, you know, the last six months of funding funding me to do this work and um, additional editors and graphic designers and drones and all the rest of the stuff that um, that goes along with filmmaking. And I'm, I'm working on getting another 30 grand in the bank, the social impact campaign to really roll out. Because right, right now this is a full-time job just promoting the film, getting the screenings organised um, and making sure that we've got enough outreach. The internet has been something that's had an immense effect on the arts and on media and the financial viability. But as you say, it has sort of opened up other possibilities with um, crowdfunding and uh, streaming as a way of distribution. Do you think that it's been something that's been helpful or a hindrance to you making independent media? Oh, absolutely. It's so, so helpful. I mean, things are so accessible now. Uh, you know, for a few thousand dollars, you can set yourself up as a filmmaker. Just and even even less than that, you can start with free programs and borrowed laptops and and work on iPhones or other smartphones. So, um, I mean, the entire distribution right up until this point of this film has been through Facebook event um, advertising. That's all we've put through. You know, um, free Facebook events and uh, a small amount of advertising. Um, this film, uh, I was able to put the trailer up on Vimeo and YouTube, uh, so that, that really helps engage audiences and starts the buzz. Uh, but I won't be putting the whole film up on uh, YouTube. It, it's going to stay um, on platforms where people can meet together and, and watch it or in streaming platforms where we can add value to who's watching and, um, and what we can do. Because I think if once a film goes up on a free platform like YouTube, it's it's often pulled to pieces and um, bits and pieces used all over the world um, in other uh, not perhaps not uh, accurate or not uh, the footage for what it was intended. Um, and also people aren't con- concentrating like they do in a cinema or in a meeting. Uh, I mean, I know myself, I've watched documentaries on YouTube, but I'm, I'm doing a million other things at the same time. I'm answering the phone, doing my emails. I've even, I, n- I never ironed, but I've even done my ironing. You know, when I, when I was going for a job interview, I needed to do some ironing. So I did it watching a documentary. So there's this um, sense of uh, we live in such a, an accessible and, you know, multi-platform world, but we're also very easily distracted. So it's a matter of balancing that and using the best of the internet, but not, uh, in my opinion, not sort of throwing everything out on, on there and hoping it, it makes uh, makes an impact. Um, so with this film, it's, it's very strategic in terms of using the best of the internet, but keeping, um, keeping the film for uh, cinema release and uh, school release and that sort of thing. Okay, well, if people... Uh, around the country are interested in watching this film and learning a bit more about West Australia's forests. Is there ways that we can do that? Yeah, it will be... The film will soon be on the platform Sandforce uh, and that will mean that people can do host their own screenings in cinemas. Uh, we also hope to have a school package with that so that it can go into the curriculum and we're looking at how we develop those resources for teachers because we've played it to high schools in or the, their entire 
year eight, nine and ten um, demographic in Margaret River High School and the kids were spellbound. It's, it's a film that has great educational value um, as well as everything else. Um, so, yeah, we, it, it's playing in a number of uh, festivals. Uh, all around the country and overseas um, and it'll be on able to be streamed on FanForce and also uh, available in cinemas for anyone who, who would like to um, jump online and decide that they'll host a, um, a screening. So hopefully we'll have some in Brisbane um, uh, as, as soon as that happens. So that'll be sort of late February. Okay. Thanks very much, Jane. Okay. Thank you.
on the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM. Uh, that was John Butler with How You Sleep at Night. That song, that version of that song recorded at Camp Binby uh, in central Queensland, <laughs> the Adani front lines. Um, but John Butler is tomorrow night playing at Manjimup, um, spectacular forest area of Western Australia, an old logging town. Um, and he is playing at the launch of the film Cry of the Forests tomorrow night. So if you happen to be listening to this and are in Western Australia, <laughs> you could head down to Manjim up for that. Um, otherwise, stay tuned for a chance to watch that. We did speak with Jane Hammond, the director of it, just before that song. Um, good old John Butler, certainly a friend of the Australian environment movement. Um, there is still, before that we spoke, of course, with Sally Ingleton, director of Wild Things, a year on the environment front lines. Um, and we do still have uh, a double pass to go to that film. If you are a 4 Z subscriber and keen to check that out, then um, call up 325 Follow the prompt to go to reception and Mason can hook you up with a double pass for that film. Um, as for us, I'm going to keep going with the environmental activism documentary filmmaker interviews. Um, we're going to speak with Ramji, who is one of the people who has made the film Forest Defenders about Tasmanian forest blockading in that stunning old growth forest in the northwest of Tassie. First off, let's hear a bit of the trailer. Here we are in the Tarkine Rainforest. This is our greatest repository of creation, inspiration, adventure, as well as oxygen, and it should be protected. Could you start off by introducing yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Ramji, videographer, photographer. I've been focusing a lot recently on um, its environmental and direct action campaigns, um, traveling around Australia, mainly between Queensland and Tassie. And you have recently made the film Forest Defenders, which is about uh, Tasmanian forest protest can you tell us a bit about this film yeah we released it at the end of last year and yeah that was a um documentary that we uh, put together um yeah primarily based around around um the forest activism and direct action campaigns in tasmania and yeah it was a really cool project we didn't actually expect it to turn out i guess in the as like a feature-length documentary when we started the project. And then we ended up just getting so busy in Tas Tasmania. There was just, you know, so much support and so many people active in the forest here that we just ended up getting so much so much footage and so much content that we thought we kind of 
had to do it justice and actually, yeah, make this piece that could maybe help motivate more people or inspire more people to get into the forest too. Hmm. I mean, as a filmmaker, it's an interesting one because the forest is so spectacular, of course, but also kind of hard, like in these thick, dark, wet rainforests. <laughs> hard, hard to film. And also with blockading, there's something like it, in a lot of ways it's very dramatic, but also if somebody's like locked onto something, um, it's not very dramatic. And work stopped for a day because somebody's locked on and they're just sitting around. Like, uh, as well as the legalities. I guess there's a, a lot of specific challenges that make making a film about blockading and forests kind of interesting. Yeah, definitely. It definitely poses its challenges. Um, yeah, from all those points that you said, the it was I had to definitely get used to filming in a forest, um, which was something that I had never done really before until being in Tasmania. Um, so we learned through a lot of mistakes and a lot of trial and error um, and kidding out with a bit of new gear and learned to climb trees a lot more proficiently to try and get the footage that we were after. And then, yeah, as you say, blockade and blockades are a bit interesting as well because, yeah, there can be a lot of action in a short amount of time. So a lot of it can be very frantic, rushing around, getting these shots in sometimes like a matter of minutes before we're kicked out of there or trying to get out of there before we're kind of arrested or <laughs> in those kind of situations. Mm, but um, the result is uh, quite amazing for a kind of amateur film made out of love. It's a, a great film and despite all those challenges, really tells a story about a group of people who are working really hard to protect this really spectacular part of Australia. Yeah, oh, I'm glad to um, hear that. It's, yeah, we were really, really stoked with how it turned out and that was a big thing for us. Well, um, Krusty, uh, so I made it with um, Krusty, another filmmaker. We worked on it together and, yeah, it was just, we were so inspired by the people down here just taking such I don't know just sacrificing so much and fighting so hard to defend these forests and yeah it was just that was our main objective to kind of do that story justice where we feel sometimes that you know there's a lot of social media that gets used in these kind of campaigns and people get a little snippet of it but very rarely does the whole or a greater part of the story um, get told and so that was something that we were definitely inspired to share with the world yeah, as for somebody who's been around protest movements, what do you think is the value of um, of making films and making good films beyond the like social media live video or something? Making like cinematic films. Yeah, um, so I, don't know, I see a big value in, um, I guess, like more of the long format kind of things. Like uh, I appreciate that in so many levels, whether it's writing or you know podcasting or radio or I just feel like so often um you know that we're flooded with information so often and i feel especially in you know social media realms it can be very like instant gratification and people don't necessarily get too invested into it but with more of a i guess a cinematic and a long format film approach it we have a captive audience for you know around an hour that has taken that hour to actually 
you know, invest their time to learn more or to, you know, experience this film. And also, as I was touching on before, it really allows, I feel, to tell more of, I guess, a rounded story and, you know, tell the stories of the individuals and really get into, especially with these forests, um, the Forest Defenders one we did, have a chance to display that forest in and try and do it justice, which we found quite difficult as well, you know, because you're in these immense, just, oh, breathtakingly stunning forests. And so to try and at least do that a little bit of justice and, um, yeah, get people to see that beauty and connect with that and connect with the people as well that are, you know, defending those forests for so many reasons, I think, can inspire maybe other people to, you know, get out to those places and experience it for themselves as well and maybe get involved in some way as well. Because I know I've been inspired by so many amazing um, films from so many different campaigns and things in the past. And so it's kind of close to my heart because that's been a big inspiration of mine to get involved. And so yeah, I guess to really just tell that story a lot more than we're able to in kind of conventional mainstream media ways. Mm. And um, how did you get into filmmaking and documentary filmmaking? Yeah, um, it was a bit of a funny one. I kind of, I guess I got thrusted into it in a way. I, um, I was, I guess I called myself primarily a photographer for a while and I was focusing on that, um, I guess just for myself and then I started to utilize it in, um, blockade camps, um, doing a, I've probably started in street protests photographing them and then ended up heading up to um, Camp Bimbi for the, the um, blockade Adani camp up there and so I really started getting it, getting into I guess that documentary style of photography and then quickly realised that there's not many people doing that kind of media aspect on these frontline campaigns and so I guess I had to branch out and saw the necessity to upskill in um, filmmaking. And, yes, yeah, so I really tried to hone my skills there a little bit in the deep end, starting to make campaign videos and things like that. And then really inspired by just some amazing people like Krusty, who I worked on this film with, really took me under his wing when we got down to Tasmania and just tried to learn as much as I could in a short space of time and found that the skills that I'd learnt from photography really crossed over uh, well into filmmaking. I found it quite natural for myself and found it maybe a platform where I can actually communicate a little bit um, more, maybe in another way, the message that I feel is important for people to see in these kind of movements and campaigns. Hmm. Both you and Krusty are, are people who've come from inside the activist movement, I guess, to make films rather than being filmmakers from the outside who want to come in and film activists. Yeah, absolutely. Totally right. Um, we're already definitely involved in these environments and these activist environments and, yeah, just really saw the need for 
um, good media to go out, you know, really to tell this story. And, yeah, there weren't really that many people, I guess, doing this full-time. And, you know, I was free enough. I um, was able to, lucky enough not to have a full-time job and have the resources and ability to dedicate myself full-time to this. And, yeah, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else right now, to be honest. And I can't see myself doing anything else but this in the near future. I just love it. Great. So, uh, Forest Defenders, the film, it's out. How can people watch it? Yeah, so you can get go into YouTube and uh, search Forest Defenders, and we have a version of that up on the Bob Brown Foundation YouTube channel. Uh, that's probably the easiest access to get to it. Um, and you can also... There's a lot of uh, public screenings that will be going out earlier on this year, so January, February, uh, primarily around Tasmania, which will get community into it. But, yeah, the easiest one, if anyone all around the country wants to watch it, just jump on YouTube and search Forest Defenders, and it'll be the one with the lock on on the picture. (laughs) All right. Thanks very much, Ramji. Uh, Thanks, Andy. That was Ramji, um, one of the filmmakers who made Forest Defenders um, about the blockade camp in the Tarkine in Tasmania. We did speak last week on the Paradigm Shift, actually. We got a bit of an update from Eric who down there um, in the Tarkine, what's going on there. But last summer, they spent a lot of time filming people locking on, blocking roads and stopping wood chip mills and angry loggers and all kinds of stuff. It's a great time. You can watch it on YouTube. Um, And, yeah, we've been all talking about independent films. Uh, I'm a a real believer in making our own culture, um, radical culture, uh, telling the stories that the mainstream media doesn't tell and telling them in our own way. And it's its own message. You know, the medium is the message. The uh, independently made film about things that you care about is saying that we can have better films than Hollywood crap, you know. And so support these films if you can. Uh, all three films we've talked about today, Cry of the Forests, Forest Defenders and Wild Things, all worthwhile. And, of course, uh, you can get to the... Um, Wild Things Q&A premiere next Friday night at New Farm Cinema. And keep supporting Triple Z too, talking about independent media. It's the same thing, you know, making the media that we care about that tells the stories that we need to hear. And so um, I'm a real... I think it's so important for trying to change the world is having our own media channels. Yeah, I I looked at that Forest Defenders on YouTube, uh, watched it all the way through. It's a fairly long film, and but it was very inspiring, and it's very difficult country to get to, you know. You, so a film does take you there, and maybe, you know, maybe on YouTube you don't get quite the experience that people will get next week when we watch the full production at New Farm Cinemas of Wild Things, but still it managed to captivate me, that film, and um, a lot of the protagonists are the same people you know we keep hearing bob brown's voice on these <laughs> trailers and there's a woman lisa Searle, who seems to be following in the footsteps of bob she's going up trees well and she's a medical doctor as well <laughs> yeah. like bob brown yeah yep so it's good um it, i tried to get to the tarkine once so it was a in 2003 
Uh, we got right to the edge of it. It was rain. It rained nonstop for four days, and we just got there. We thought we're not going to put up our tent here. <laughs> well, that's Tasmania, isn't it? Remote, beautiful, and wet. Yeah. Uh, and cold. So I'm going to go out with a classic Tasmanian protest song. Uh, before we do, of course, it is Invasion Day uh, coming up next week. What is it Tuesday? Is it? it must be. It's today's 22, uh, so 26. Yeah, get along to the rally there, yeah. Invasion Day rally, um, and show your support for a different kind of Australia that we can build together, you know, one that includes all parts of our history. Uh, we'll be back next week on the Paradigm Shift we're going to go out with the Tasmanian protest classic from Goanna. Yep. See ya. This has got a fairly easy chorus. If you catch on, just sing along. Something worth buying